Welcome, everyone, to the Tori Says Show. I am your host, Tori. Well, it's the 21st of November, 2022, and there's a lot going on. And today we're going to delve into the things that are actually important, not what they're telling you, but what is. Feels like the Colorado shooting at Club Queer, a.k.a. Club Q, was very reminiscent in regards to reporting statements and events that happened at the Pulse nightclub in Florida, which, by the way, whatever happened to all those funerals? Never saw any tombstones myself. Don't know if anybody else did. It'd be interesting to know. So what do we have going on? Well, we have more drama within our borders. There's a lot going outside of our borders. We have FIFA. Now that's something I want to talk about just a little bit. And then I want us to delve into our domestic. Well, you know, actually, let's start with our domestic just a little bit. Aside from the fact that we had the shooting happen, that was very, almost identical to the Pulse nightclub. We have a lot more going on internally as a nation, a lot more. We have this uh, faux rivalry, which is kind of a real rivalry, but not really, uh, with uh, President Trump. We have a very big struggle for power. And we're going to talk about power at the end of this show. But the one thing that I can say is that this FTX scandal, which, you know, it was so well staged by Goldman Sachs. It's just incredible. Uh, To corner the Bitcoin market, you know, for all those screaming Bitcoin uh, and dump Uh, on the other tokens, which is Ethereum, which is the foundation for a lot of other tokens. This was very well-staged fraud. Very well-staged. Pensions were invested in it too, and this is fake too, because rather than say we spent your money and we don't have it, oh yeah, we invested it in this crypto and it was a fraud. I'm so sorry, everyone. I apologize for the inconvenience. Such a fraud. It is such a fraud. And so many people are sitting idly saying, oh, yeah, it seems completely legit. And yet it was just another script, another act in the show of this PSYOP. Now we're going to talk about that. I'm going to introduce that at the end of the show. But I'm not talking about psychological operation. I'm talking about SIOP. Which is one of the most detrimental operations that the Department of Defense houses that very few people have seen with their eyes. 
It was why Eisenhower gave the farewell address that he gave. Power and control over people. There are nations right now plotting against us while we're busy pretending that we're in some form of, I don't know, internal turmoil. They're all on the same team. It's like playing cowboys and Indians. Good cop, bad cop. It's all a show. Every last bit of it. Now, what's funny is, is that we saw this, uh, you know, alleged rivalry of CBS with uh, Elon Musk. Oh, we're not going to be posting here anymore because Fifi's and all and security. Security. See, that's the key word, security. And while everyone loves Elon trolling, why not? He's pretty good at it, too. And I don't even think sometimes he's actually means to troll. I think that's just him. And, you know, I identify with him on that. (laughs) Sometimes people think that I'm trolling and it's just like, oh, I didn't know it was funny or I didn't know that it was offensive. Uh, You know, I've got a little bit of that social issue there. Sometimes it, you know, we don't pick up on cues. But um, what's funny is, is that those CBS is like, oh, we're worried about security. Oh, we'll be back on Twitter. You know, and President Trump is on Twitter now. And then all the assets are like, hey, by the way, let me tell you. We need all, these are all part of the military industrial complex assets are now advocating for those that are on truth to go to Twitter because we really need to wake people up. Get out of here. No, you just want to feel important. You just want to get a pat on the head from Elon that you brought the conversation. You're going to, you know, inflate yourself. I mean, this is the problem we have. We have so many people out there pretending that they're for America when it's just they're for themselves, uh, pretty much. Okay? That's the way it is. It has nothing to do with that. But having said that, The whole drama with CBS was very interesting because it was CBS, right? The first one, this, you know, this morning that put out a clip that you would be like, what, that was CBS? No way. No way. So let's, let's rewind time for a little bit. I know you guys have heard people that have been on my show as guests, and I've said this myself back in 2020, you know, in September, October, when the majority of people had access to get the Hunter Biden laptop, right? Refused it. Uh, you heard Mike Tremarco in an interview with me that, you know, General Flynn wanted nothing to do with it. Sidney Powell was like, eh, I don't think so. And it was just Rudy Giuliani kind of just, all right, what do I do? In the meantime, I've, I published articles in March of 2020 with Hunter Biden emails in there, but you know, no one saw that. So it's so weird. It's because I didn't call it out. I just demonstrated how Chinese North Dakota is and how they do dealings like Hunter Biden, right? In 2020 of March, way before anybody knew about the laptop and its existence. But you know, that's just a detail. But a lot of people didn't want to report on it because they were terrified. 
as to being investigated by the FBI. And, and it's totally understandable. Those that have something to hide that are in fear usually stay away from it. And this is why, um, you know, a lot of people uh, did not write about it. Um, Divine did. She did a book, too. Uh, she had first dibs on it. She was the first mainstream to talk about it. And um, and then I had emulated the laptop, like actually recreated it where you can log on to Looking Glass and just pretend you're on the Mac. You'll have like, it's like VMware, right? But I didn't publish that because I had spoken with Garrett and Garrett wanted to put a report, a proper report together. And he's obviously putting a report together and selling a book. Okay. So, um, the thing is, I didn't publish it right away only because of what we see now. Like, there's a lot of people looking at the Marco Polo site and they don't even get what's going on. That's the problem. The problem is, is that a lot of people have been looking into this laptop that have no idea what it's talking about. Like, I see this thing. Oh, look, what's GhostSec? And it's like, shut up. It's just software. Nobody cares. It's not that important. Can we focus on the crimes? Like the crimes that I wrote about. How, you know, he had Qatari agents and, you know, uh, people from the um, State Department ushering documents between embassies. Big crime. Colluding over a year on email. Over a year. There was a thread and I put it in an article over a year discussing how they're going to smuggle someone from the southern border. These are crimes. Okay. Hanging out with the cartels. Crimes. Right. Plum Island. Crimes. Lots of them. And while everyone sits there and, oh, no, they get away with things. Don't you understand? People that speak up get their lives destroyed. There are many names that you probably even haven't even heard of. Right. That have been destroyed. I mean, look at Julian Assange. Before he was stuck in an Ecuadorian prison, why was he there? They had fake rape charges against him, right? And most of you were like, oh my God, what a rapist, right? I know a lot of people that worked for the agency and um, actually one person, I actually saw them plotting to harm them. So, you know, like Bill Binney, when he came out and started speaking up against things, they came and raided him. They destroyed his credibility, even though they couldn't destroy much, right? Um, but anybody that they have, that has spoken up against them, they've destroyed their lives. Just like they did Julian Assange's and many, many other people. Lawfare, that's the weapon of choice for the big boys, right? For the big boys. And so when we when I saw this CBS fake fight yesterday, I'm like, oh, great. So CBS is like, oh, security, watch them start reporting news. And here's what happened. Like, you wouldn't even believe it. Like, the timing was impeccable. Take a listen. House, Hunter Biden, the president's son, will be a target for investigations. And that means data from a laptop reported to belong to Biden could be crucial to the investigatory process. CBS News has obtained its data, not through a third party or political operative, but directly from the source who told us they provided it to the FBI under subpoena. And we commissioned an independent forensic review to determine its authenticity. Senior investigative correspondent Catherine Harris joins us now with what we've found. Catherine, I'm very interested. Good morning. Good morning, Tony. These House Republican investigations are coming, and that could be a challenge for the White House as we head into 2023 and 2024. 
the laptop data we had analyzed showed no evidence it was faked or tampered with. Digital forensic investigator Mark Lanterman was previously a member of a Secret Service Electronic Crimes Task Force. There was one thing that got my attention, and that was a voicemail. It's dad. I called and told you I love you. I love you more than the whole world, pal. Can I get some help? That voicemail, apparently from Joe Biden during his son Hunter's drug addiction, is one of many findings Lanterman used to authenticate what is believed to be Hunter Biden's laptop data. You're confident, based on your analysis, this is Hunter Biden's data and that it's real? Yes. This Delaware computer shop is where the laptop's backstory begins. Their records indicate in April 2019, Hunter Biden took his laptop in for repair, but never paid. After 90 days, the store considered it abandoned. Then in December 2019, the FBI subpoenaed the store's owner to turn over the computer and a portable drive of its data. Whatever happened to Hunter? During the 2020 election, versions were widely shared by Republican operatives, including Rudy Giuliani. We have the entire hard drive. But questions were raised about whether additional files were added to those versions. Then-candidate Biden labeled the laptop controversy disinformation. What this he's accusing me of is a Russian plant. CBS News approached the lawyer for the computer repair shop owner to cut through the noise. We've always had uh, one clean copy. And obtained a copy of what he says they provided the FBI under subpoena. Then we went to Minneapolis for an independent analysis. Were you paid by CBS or anyone else to analyze the data? No. No. I wouldn't want anyone to think that someone bought our opinion. Around the corner, it'll lead you to what we call our imaging room. Lanterman and his son, Sean, both digital forensic experts, recovered images of credit cards, a driver's license, social security number. Just the sheer volume of what we're dealing with, it would be difficult, uh, if not impossible, to fabricate. And explained how files built up over years. It accumulated over time, which is consistent with normal, everyday use of a computer. There's some reporting about folders being added. We have read these um, articles. We don't see that. So I believe that that's because we have a more pristine copy. The laptop and its contents have fueled Republican interest in Hunter Biden's business ventures. Hunter Biden was working with Chinese nationals. They say this May 2017 email outlining a proposed business deal with a Chinese energy firm is one reason why they have questions about whether President Biden benefited. We're prepared to subpoena Hunter Biden. We would certainly hope that he would want to come before the committee and clear his name. Two of Hunter Biden's former business partners, including Tony Bobolinsky, who received the email, told CBS News the 10 held by H for the big guy is shorthand for 10 percent held by Hunter for his father. After the email became public in 2020, the author of the email told the Wall Street Journal Joe Biden was not involved. The author has not responded to CBS News' questions. Mr. Biden has consistently denied knowledge of his son's work or financially benefiting from it. I've never spoken to my son about this. 
Last month, Senator Chuck Grassley wrote this letter alleging bank records and financial data showed that Hunter Biden and the president's brother profited from a $5 million wire from a company connected to CEFC, the Chinese energy firm. They're going to look at every part of the Joe Biden administration. Doug High is a Republican strategist. A lot of this is also going to be aggressive on Hunter specifically. We're going to hear a lot about the laptop. Who profited? Was the law broken? Was it not broken? After two years of scrutiny, the laptop has not produced evidence President Biden directly benefited from his son's business deals. If there's dirt there, that will dirty him up. If not, those attacks can backfire. The White House declined to comment. Hunter's lawyer did not address our specific questions about the data or the CBS forensic review, but said there have been multiple attempts to hack, infect, distort and peddle misinformation regarding Mr. Biden's devices and data. And at no time did any individual, including the IT repair shop owner, Mr. McIsaac, have Mr. Biden's consent to access his computer data or share it with others. The lawyer also referred us to Hunter Biden's memoir, where the president's son slammed the despicable opposition that purported to have a laptop belonging to him. So, all right. So now it's mainstream. You know, obviously, like I said, in March of 2020, I reported the first crimes, right? The first crimes, the first crimes about China and LNG. And as Republicans take control of the House, Hunter Biden, the president's son. Now, let me, because I want us to look at the comments. So just so you know, this was published on um, Twitter by Catherine Herridge. And while everyone claims, oh, we have the most pristine, actually, Rudy Giuliani had the exact same one they had. Uh, It was knocked around by by the FBI the day after he was raided. I went to his home, merged it with the digital copy that I had. Um, which extracted more data from his to create an amazing copy. Now, many will say, why now? Well, you know, it's all part of the script. Whatever they're doing here in this construct is part of the script because the PSYOP must happen, and we're not talking psychological operation. I will explain that to you. Now, let's take a look at the comments on Twitter. Let me just figure out how I... Do that again. Give me a second. There we go. Let me zoom in. All right. Zoom in on these comments. So this is my suspended account, by the way, so it might be coming up. Aren't you ashamed to be part of an organization that for two years covered up relevant information? Oh, mm mm-hmm. Well, here's the thing. It wasn't introduced into Congress. They were talking about it. But the declaration, which was no different than what they have done before, apparently made it official. Now, while many people talked about the crack and the hookers and the cocaine and, you know, the sex, and there were crimes there too. The things that we should have been focused on are the things that I was writing about, like how the Chinese enriched themselves with the LNG, you know, um, uh, agreements they had uh, in Louisiana, you know, and that's where the crypto went, right? You could see the writing on the wall. It was so well orchestrated, right? From the pipeline there. Remember the colonial one? Yeah. Okay. You forgot about that. This is all part of it. It's, it's like, once you step back, you can see it. 
You know, nobody talked about how the Kazakhstan, when he was in Kazakhstan talking with the prime minister's son, you know, he was arranging for the people to build the properties where all these gas workers from China were going to stay at. Right. Nobody talked about that. Or, oh, Joe Biden didn't benefit. He did. Because in that article that I wrote, he plotted over a year to smuggle someone from the southern border to meet Joe Biden and Obama. And there is a picture of them together in D.C. But, you know, he didn't. They called it disinformation. So let's see. We have to believe this guy who runs a computer detective agency and his son somehow knows better than 57 intelligence agencies. Where the heck did they get 57 from? Right. Too bad I can't respond. I can't believe that one person actually liked this. Let me just see what the response is when they said it appeared to be. They never examined the laptop. Not at all. Oh, my gosh. Look at these comments. Yeah, they were not. Yeah, when they're not lying, 57 agencies. Who said 57? How do we have 57 agencies? Look at this. 57. 57, they said. Hold on. I could care less. Hunter Biden is a private citizen. Well, you should care. Whoa, she got 655 replies. I want to see those replies. Mm. Anything fun? At the end of the report, 458, she said, after two years of scrutiny, the laptop has produced no evidence. Joe Biden benefited from his son's business deals. Now who's the one with blinders, Barney? What? What do you mean he didn't benefit? Guys, as I've said millions of times before, the key thing here is that Hunter Biden made millions of dollars for a lot of people and he had no money. And oh, they played that voicemail. Oh, get some help. Well, what about the one where he's meeting with Hillary Clinton before he throws his hat in the race to run? Oh, let's forget about that one, right? This is so lame. So lame. But they want him out now, so they're going to allow this to go through and nail him for it because that's part of the plan. So when I saw that Elon Musk, let me, let me go to his Twitter. Let me see if I can go. I can go. I'm just suspended, so I'm not, um, I'm not allowed. <clears throat> so CBS decided that they're going back, right? Let's see. Let's go back to where he talked to CBS. Um, hold on. It's his tweets and replies where he replied to CBS. When I saw this, I was like, stop it. What's this? Musk invites Trump to his Twitter. Oh, God. Look at them. They're all complaining. That guy's a listener. Uh, uh, that's funny. Where is the CBS one? He admitted that and apologized. He has no mercy for anyone who would use the deaths of children for gain in politics of fame. Well, he was he listened to Rob Dew's uncle, who was FBI, and you know, that's it. Uh, let's see. Let's go to CBS. Testing, testing, seeing if Twitter is unblocked. Don't kill what ye hate, save what ye love. Hmm, nice. So now someone's going to milk yay, of course. Right? Hey, you should run for president. We'll just take your money because that's fantastic. 
I know someone that does that. Where's the CBS one? Where he's like, what do you mean? I'm trying to find it. Twitter's alive. Wasn't that far? Damn, how many people does he respond to? He responds. World Cup. We're going to get into that. Trump and World Cup Twitter servers. Oh, yeah. Well, World Cup is interesting. It's very interesting. Um, you know, now they've opened up Twitter where they're like, hey, if you want reach, you're going to have to leave truth. And then truth is like, you can't go there because then everyone's going to leave truth social. Verification through the payment system plus phones. But allowing pseudonyms is the least bad solution I can think of. That's him and Jack having a conversation. We're still looking for that CBS thing. You know what? I give up. Yeah, I, I thought it would have been. I just didn't know that he talks to so many people on his responses. That's pretty interesting. That's really interesting. Hmm. I found that fascinating. Anyway, let's get to the juice of things, okay? So, uh, you know, we have Hunter Biden's laptop out. We've got a hot mess going on with um, with uh, Biden and Kamala. Kamala's under the scope now, and she's having a lot of issues, a lot of issues. Uh, they want to get rid of her. Obviously, Gavin Newsom is already spending on ads, so he's coming into focus. But the one thing, oh, you know, I, I wanted to get into this just a little bit. Um, which was quite fascinating for me is that there is so much going on right now around the world that we're focused on the microcosm that we have without paying attention. So for example, the earth has been literally shaking. There was a 5.6 earthquake that killed, you know, over a hundred people in Indonesia. Right. And at first they said it was 46 people and all 46 died in the same hospital, which was really weird. And then they move that up to a hundred whatever in the same hospital, right? Which is also really weird. And so as that is going on, get this, uh, the Taliban, uh, which is a political party, as I've said, they're not terrorists. They're actually a political party. They um, lashed people in Northeastern Afghanistan as part of their punishment. Uh, 19 people were actually publicly lashed, um, in, uh, you know, with strict interpretation of Sharia law. Um, they were, they underwent a strict Sharia investigation and they were each sentenced to 39 lashes. The punishments, they took place in Takhar and, um, it was after Friday's prayers on, on the 11th. Uh, this, this quite fascinating, right? Because nobody talks about it, but public lashings and executions by stoning took place under the previous uh, rule of the Taliban, which was for five years between 96 and 2001. Uh, after that, punishments like that were condemned by uh, foreign-backed Afghani governments, and um, but the death penalty remained legal. So that is a big deal, considering the Taliban now is uh, is in political power and they've taken over the Afghani 
um, Supreme Court. And so the adulterers, adulterers, right? Adulterers were lashed 39 times in front of people, you know, um, publicly because they were adulterers. So it was 10 men and nine women. It's, uh, it's probably, it's, it's pretty brutal. Not probably, it's pretty brutal, but it is what it is. And that's what they do. And to be fair, it's their country. They can run it as they wish. The more we stick our nose into things, you know, the more we have issues. We can't sit there and tell them what to do when our nation is in shambles. Furthermore, in regards to shambles and public lashings, the head of Twitter in France actually resigned. They resigned because they're upset. Uh, Damien is the name of the head for the France division, right? And he, he left. He said he's leaving because, you know, uh, there's so many people that were, you know, working at Twitter, but he's not saying how many are working now after Elon Musk took over. You know, the staff has been cut in half. I mean, it's not like they were really working anyway. So they're using Twitter as an issue. And this is a good thing. And I'll tell you why this is important. Now, people will be like, well, it's about Twitter. Like, who cares about Twitter? You should. If you remember correctly, Section 230 doesn't really apply to them because they claim not to be publishers. These actions indicate that they are publishers. Again, publishers. They've actually stated on the record that they publish. Now, this is very, very helpful. While I mull around the idea of how to um, overturn Citizens United versus FEC, which is another weird thing. So let me get into that. So when you want to overturn something in the Supreme Court, there's pretty much, you know, um, three ways that you could do it. One, you make a constitutional amendment. That's a big boo-boo. The more we amend our constitution, the more it dilutes the rights that are to us. Another way is to have Congress pass a law. So if Congress passes a law, it overrides whatever the Supreme Court does. And then the final way you could do it, which is very seldom, apparently, is that the Supreme Court can overrule themselves by taking a, a better look at legislation that they made. Now, considering I ran for office, and I ran for office as an independent, I was actually stymied because of the money, because I wasn't part of a party or a specific PAC to be able to be heard. So I'm mulling around the idea of how I would be able to appeal to that. I'm trying to figure out the legal framework. But the one thing that I found really bizarre is that Citizens United, right? Citizens United is uh, versus FEC was created by the military industrial complex through the McCain side, the Republicans, right? Where it legalized big corporations to fund candidates. Now, the only way that we can indeed uh, get money out of politics is to level the playing field and not have, uh, you know, all of these uh, parties, well, all of them, there's two, to have these polarized parties dictate how we operate. Uh, we need to be able to see them for their actions, not for their money. For example, uh, there were a lot of races throughout the United States. 
in Congress, in Senate, right? In New York, for example, well, we could go New York, we could go California. The average that someone for Senate on the Democrat side, you know, in a Democrat state would raise slash spend, right? About 40 to $50 million. The Republican in blue states, blue states slash cities, because I think California is more red than it is blue, but in blue states slash cities spent like maybe half a million. And then their independence would be like, you know, 50,000. It's unacceptable. Like even in Ohio here, the Democrat running against the incumbent for secretary of state raised, you know, was it like 300,000, 400? LaRose raised 2.8 million and I raised like just under 100,000 as an independent. It's all and and if you look, they all get corporate PAC funding. So I'm trying to figure out what avenues I could take to bring my case to the Supreme Court to get this overturned. Now, while I was looking into that over the weekend because I've been extremely under the weather, I was just reading. Actually, one day all I did was sleep. I kid you not. I've never well, I know I have before, but this was really weird. I literally couldn't keep my eyes open. That's how asleep I was. <laughs> um, I would wake up like every couple of hours, maybe look on my phone for 30 minutes on purpose, drink some water and then go back to bed. But I was reading and something struck me really odd. When I was studying to see how we can, you know, overturn Citizens United versus FEC, I see that the Democrats are already putting on the table an amendment to the constitution, which is dangerous, dangerous, because while they give us kind of like Obamacare, oh, yeah, you all get free health care, but, right? So, oh, yeah, we're going to take down FEC United, but, right? So that is a big problem. Now, check this out. Here's the weird thing. These are the people that are literally pushing to get this done, to overturn Citizens United versus FEC. Very good statement. Not for sale. Now, it's not a democracy, it's a Republican. We'll talk about that later. But here's the weird thing Act Blue Express is getting all this money. And it's paid for by N Citizens United. This is so weird. Now, as I was looking into it more, remember the reason Citizens United versus FEC happened, right, was because they wanted to release a film called Hillary the Movie. Now, while many of you would like to believe that that was a move only from the Republican Party, it was done from the Uniparty Party. Why? They needed all this garbage to be out there, right? So that way, after Obama, when she ran, it was already out there and it's old news, don't look at it, whatever, it's done. Everybody already forgot about it. You see where I'm going with this? So this shocked me, but... More so, the Disclose Act, you guys need to read that. That can't pass. That cannot pass. That passes, we're screwed. They own our politics. It's federalized. It's game over. The only way we fix this mess is by actually getting people that represent us. And we'll talk about that a little bit more after we finish up with FIFA. So talking about FIFA, let's get to FIFA now. First of all, there's a lot of Asian money in here. And so when I saw the opening ceremony of FIFA, 
I was like, what is going on here? Why do they have BTS on here with Fahad, right? This is so crazy. Fahad and BTS are doing the opening show. Like, this is insane. So I'm like, why would they have John Cook, right, do this with Fahad? And I wanted you guys to see the video yourself so you could see what I'm talking about. Because I was kind of, I was taken back that, you know, Asia dumped so much money into this, you know, whole thing. And, and the reason I say this, right, is because, uh, you know, the fact that they got the, the, the FIFA bid is super insane too right? That they got the, the whole, you know, deal because Qatar had no history in the world cup, right? Until it freaking won its bid in 2010 and it's now 2022, right? Because it's, it's dry, it's hot. It's, it's like who goes to Qatar, right? It's just a small, you know, Middle Eastern little place that's only for rich people. And, you know, quite weird. So I'm like, what is going on here? Why is Asia involved? Well, you know, obviously, uh, Monday morning today, uh, Qatar and, um, uh, China just signed an agreement saying that, oh yeah, we're going to do like an exclusive deal with gas. And I'm like, oh gosh, here we go. That was it. So there was a lot of controversy (coughs) with, um, FIFA, because there was like vote swapping. They were kind of doing backdoor trade deals. This is like right there on top, right? China just came out today. Um, you know, there was like corruption. There was so who's calling me like right now? Um, so much corruption. I mean, no one ever proved anything, but everybody knew, right? That there was corruption and Qatar was actually, uh, you know, oh, you didn't do anything. You're fine in 2020. Um, but our prosecutors in the United States, which then begs the question, uh, why do we have U.S. prosecutors involved? So weird. Um, that FIFA officials were receiving bribes in order to vote for Qatar. Well, no, you don't need that. You just see the opening show and then you know where the bribes freaking came from. Okay. China and Korea have vast amount of money, vast amount of money, like so much money. And so this just proves it. They just put their performer right? Fahad on stage with BTS. That's like, you know, uh, yeah, just listen to this. And the song is called dreamers, by the way. Sorry. I had to pause for a second. I just want you to pay attention that it is a Korean and a Qatari who are singing with African vibes with a song called dreamers. Just, Pay attention. So as you saw, it was both in English and in Arabic, right? Uh, English by the BTS guy, Al-Fahad, saying in Arabic. But here's the deal. One would say, well, why would they put in bribes to get the World Cup? Oh, we need tourism. We need money. You think the Qataris need money? No. It's called we need cover. Right? So this was all planned. Hence why U.S. prosecutors were involved. 
So you know who attended this World Cup and all sat together? Right. UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres, Palestine's Mahmoud Abbas, Rwanda's Paul Kagame. Yeah, like all these world leaders like popped in. Where? They all arrived at the same time on Sunday in Doha, along with a bunch of other politicians. So this is just cover. Obviously, you're in Qatar. <laughs> you know how the saying goes, oh, whatever happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Well, in Qatar, they cut you if you speak about it. So it's quite fascinating that they all arrive on Sunday. On Monday, Qatar says, oh, we just got a 25-year deal with China, right? And then they put out this whole freaking, you know, World Cup thing as a cover. It's like they need money. They had to build arenas. They had to hire people, right? And that opening ceremony, did you see all of them with their virtual virtual reality outfits? Yeah, that's what's up. They just need avatars. You don't even need to be there. These are all backdoor meetings in Qatar under the guise of, oh, this is FIFA. And first of all, why would an American be there? Nobody gives a crap about soccer, really. I love soccer, right? I love soccer. But other countries don't. Like, well, no, America doesn't. We're not very good at it. No offense. You know, even the women that try to be men and don't stand up and then, you know, that stuff. But FIFA, I, I freaking love FIFA, right? <laughs> I love watching all the best soccer team, you know, play. I love soccer. You know, I'd go to West Ham games. I'm an Ajax fan. You know, obviously I support Greece's teams. Um, love Argentina. You know, their, 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 their foot game is incredible, right? But the question is, why were there all these backdoor dealings? Why did they cheat to get it in Qatar? And why were they cleared in 2020 to say, okay, you can have it? Huh. Because they knew what was coming. Remember President Trump? <laughs> Remember this, right? They needed to get that cleared and get it done. It's so bizarre that no one is talking about the relationships that they have. It's just, it's just bizarre. It's bizarre. And then Fahad al-Kabaisi. I said al-Fahad, whatever. It's al-Kabaisi, Fahad al-Kabaisi, right? He's one of, he's a Qatari singer, right? So he just got showcased and blasted up. That was the Arabic you were hearing. And then this young man that looks like a girl, I guess, you know, whatever, uh, from BTS uh, was there. You know, uh, there, there were so many people there. It's crazy. Uh, Morgan Freeman was there um, and he was uh, posing with uh, Ghanim Al-Mufta, uh, Al you know, the guy with no legs, right? So th this is one of the biggest shows that just happened and it was complete cover for backdoor deals. So you're going to see a lot more come out. But the question is, what are these deals? Well, we just understood it. It's China. China, China, China. China. So China is one of the main recipients of these deals. How do we know that? Because they just announced that they just made this big deal just now. And then Crown Prince MBS, right? Also went there. I think he got there like Saturday, right? Um, so he could be at the opening match on Sunday. Um, so he and uh, he arrived and, you know, Saudi Arabia and Qatar have not been on very good terms, but you know, they're kind of getting better. Really? Shut up. This is like a G20 summit, but not a G20. It's like 
G's in the back door summit, right? Um, Sheikh Tamim bin, uh, bin Hamad Al Thani was there. Um, that's uh, Qatar's emir, right? Uh, he actually spoke with President Vladimir Putin. Come on, guys. Do you really think this is about freaking soccer? Really? So the president's going to call about a soccer team? Paying attention now? So this is huge. And Qatar has one of the strongest security that you will ever see. You complain about being monitored 24-7? Yeah, they've got spy planes, spy drones on every freaking building. Okay? These people have been in that since forever in a day in Doha, right? So that's one to sit on. But China. China, 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 China. What sucks is that China has already taken over Africa. And and this is just the icing on top. Africa entered into a new era in 2015. It supposedly was uh, starting to get free from colonialism, right? And all this stuff. But China. Angola's previous president's daughter is now, you know, just now a warrant was put out by Interpol, Angola. A place that the Portuguese had conquered, the French, the Spaniards, for diamonds and wealth. And apparently they want them for embezzling billions of dollars, I guess. And the thing is, the CCP, when they came into power in 1950, because of what we did, right? We created them by leaving them stiff in 1945. Under Mao, China had backed African liberation movements in an effort to advance Maoism, right? To offset, you know, all that commie Soviet stuff and to combat American influence. They didn't want Soviet stuff and they didn't want American influence. And if you ask a lot of people, right, about China's politics, they'll tell you, oh, well, it works for them. You know, that iron fist they use works for them, right? They'll tell you that. It works for them and that's okay. We like that. It's like, mm, tyranny. Tyranny called by any other name <laughs> tells you that it's tyranny. Like right now, we call ourselves a democracy. Nope, it's tyranny. They call themselves the People's Republic. Nope, it's called tyranny, right? It's called tyranny. They've used, you know, in, in, their, in their defense, right, in the CCP's defense, they've done a really good job upholding uh, m- like a monarch a monarchy, tyrannical dictatorship under the guise of a socialistic republic. It's just so weird. And it works for the Chinese, get this, because, you know, they've lived under empires for eons and eons, right? Democracy never lasts. Ask the Greeks. They supposedly invented democracy. Do you know how long that lasted? 200 years So I guess America claiming it's a democracy, well, I guess we've outdone the Greeks that invented it, didn't it? Democracy is not supposed to last, just like monarchies don't last, just like tyrants don't last, just like socialism and communism don't last. The only thing that lasts is a republic, and that's what we are. We have to stop calling it a democracy, but anyway. So China, right? 
when Mao went in there, it was trying to cause commotion in the African nations by saying, oh, you need to get away from like the Soviets. Oh no, America's coming to take you over, which they were. But get this, China is the imperialist power in Africa. China is in Africa, but it's not trying to push Maoism anymore because Mao's gone, right? But it controls all the people, all the resources, right? They built the railroads, uh, you know, in rural Ethiopia um, to down to Congo. They also built railways in Kenya that linked those countries up. They've completely changed how their economy is. They've landed over, like, I think it's $150 billion to Africa. And that was only in the first five years of the 2000s, right? And they pledged an additional, yeah, no, well, well, wait, they gave them like 100, I think between 2000 and 2005, it was like 120 20, 130 billion. And then in 2018, they publicly said that they were going to give them another 60, 70 billion, right? But there's something called um, the, um, and that was actually said at the China African Forum, right? Um, It's like a co-op they have. But what they did was they brought them the supermarkets, they built their infrastructure and they have provided technical assistance. They had given them all their um, technology, which means that China reaps that, and trade between Africa and China has gone from $10 billion two decades ago to $200 billion in 2016. In fact, over 15% of African industrial production, which is about $500 billion, half a trillion, is nearly half of Africa's contracted construction market. That is being done by Chinese firms. Remember, they kept it dark for a reason, right? The Chinese kept it. So when the Chinese went in there, they were like, oh, you don't want these people. We'll come and help you. We'll fix it. We'll lend you money. Don't worry. But the thing is, all money has strings attached, right? China and the way they entered Africa is really, really important. China's behavior in Africa gives you the ability to see how it will act across other countries, like when it's sitting across the table to negotiate. And what China is doing in Africa doesn't uh, resonate very well with the rest of the world because Africa was left in the dark for, for a reason and they capitalized on that. They came in there with significant investments, with the ability to create infrastructure for them that was very sorely needed. Remember, we didn't even give them power. Why didn't GE go in there? Oh, that's right. But they're actually very abusive to them. The Zambian government once had told the, uh, the Guardian, I think it was back in 2005, 2006, that, the, you know, he was like, oh, you know, the Indians that came from India were bad, but they weren't, uh, you, you know, they, they were worse than the white people, but the Chinese are the worst, you know? Because they just take more power and take our resources. And it's like, yeah, so you knew it and you're still doing it. So whatever, right? The Chinese help produce their oil generating revenue. So they create the structure, but then they take some of the oil, right? They've put in Chinese technology. Where do you think Huawei is? South Sudan, which, you know, we're missing North Sudan for some reason, but nobody talks about that. 
uh, Ethiopia and Kenya got loans from China. The Belt Road Initiative, the Chinese Belt Road Initiative, had given um, so much money for the Standard Gauge Railway, which is, you know, Kenya, Ethiopia, uh, you know, linking up on railways. And it connects to Djibouti as well. So it's like the Horn of Africa. So we got Djibouti, Ethiopia, and Kenya. And that was Ethiopia's first railway, first one. And that project on its own was about $5 billion. So it's super, super insane when you think about it that, you know, no one's paying attention because in their contract, it clearly says that if you default, we own you. They're literally, it's their second continent. That's Africa is China. 40 out of 54 countries in China in, in, in Africa participate in China's Belt and Road Initiative. Okay? And the missing piece is Turkey to link them all up to Europe, and China will be making bank. China is actually very dependent on Africa for fossil fuels and other commodities. Um, it's, it's, it's just insane. And you have to think. Why is no one paying attention to them? Oh, that's right. Because we were exploiting them for health reasons. So think about it for a second. If China has been doing this, taking over of a nation, if China <laughs> has been taking over a continent, let me rephrase that, okay? We've just moved Interpol to South Africa, right? Which is on the African continent. China is embedded in at least 40 of the 54 countries there, having built all their infrastructure, right? The U.S. has been watching this, and we're supposed to be a global superpower, right? We are supposed to be a global superpower. But we've let them do this while we have been exploiting the Africans for human capital and medical experimentation, along with the Europeans. So the whites, let's put it this way, because they say whites, the Indians from India, and then this is how Africans see it. It was the whites, which were the Westerners, the Indians from India and the Pakistanis, right? And then it was the Chinese. The Chinese are the most brutal, but they're everywhere. Remember how many times I've talked about, you know, that snake lady from the IMF, Lagarde, right? China is its own IMF. In their loans, they clearly put down that you forfeit your sovereignty if you fail to pay it. So why would the U.S. exploit human beings, human capital, and health and experiment on people while the infrastructure is going all to China? Oh, that's right. Because like I told you, we created China. We created the CCP. I repeat, we created the CCP. We created the CCP in the 40s when we did not provide them the weapons to liberate themselves. We didn't want Mao, but we created the CCP. And that's real history. And people forget it. Real history. I've said this before. Now let's take a quick break with this uh, nice song.
See you all in just a bit. like our democracy because <laughs> we never had one it was always a republic and that's the question everyone should ask themselves while i see the comments during the break oh you know it's because they got the democrats really they also got the republicans fd uh, that crypto scam was all chinese organized did you see how benance just sat there mm. Wait till you see how many more they have in the snare. It's almost as if they planned this because they definitely did. It's part of the script. Now, we have observed many one-liners and scripted outrage that are delivered, haven't we, my fellow citizens? At almost every corner that we turn by any selected official in any office, specifically Congress and the Senate, they pretend to have outrage. And it's always on their time. Why now? Why didn't they talk about the laptop then? Why now? Why not talk about other things then? Why now? Why talk about the certification of the machines now and not then? No one talks about how they have this fake outrage about the wrongs that globalization has been committing. When was there a moment of peace in our history? Take a think about it. Was there ever a conclusion of peace in your lifetime? What about your parents' lifetime? Maybe your grandparents? It was all an illusion, right? Not only against you, my amazing United States of America, but to other nations around the world. And their history is longer than ours. I'm sure that they admit in theory, though they do not put it in practice, all the scripted things they say. Indeed, that the object both of our words and deeds must be to check and chastise the arrogance of such. 
Yet, I perceive that all our interests have been completely betrayed and sacrificed. I'm afraid it is an ominous thing to say, but yet the truth. Truth. Even if all who address the people wanted to propose truth as a mode, it would be silenced. In Congress and the Senate, they all want something to pass. Measures that are bound to bring our nation's affairs into the worst possible plight, if done in truth, exposing the underlinging and uh, the underlingings and the underlying interests. My fellow Americans, I don't think our nation could be in a worse condition than it is today. Perhaps. Indeed, this condition of our affairs is attributed to many causes and not just to one or two. In fact, careful examination of our nation's situation will convince you that the state of our nation, the predicament that we are in, is above all Due to those who study you to win your favor rather than give you the best advice. Their interests speak for them. They are merely a conduit. Some of them, well, I would say most of them, are interested in maintaining a system which brings them credit and influence. They have no thought for the future, and therefore, I think, they believe you shouldn't have one either. While others are blaming and introducing those in authority, they make it their sole aim that our nation shall concentrate its attention on punishing its own citizens while the new world order issuing implemented freely without resistance total rule and domination over the people of this world without resistance But, you know, such methods of dealing with public affairs, familiar may they be to you, are the cause of our calamities. I claim for myself, my fellow citizen, that if I utter some truths housed in freedom, I shall not thereby incur your displeasure. Look at it this way. In other matters... Our legislators allege it is necessary to grant general freedom of speech to everyone in the U.S. where it is even allowed that aliens and slaves to share that privilege of speech and many more menials may be observed among you speaking your minds with more liberty than citizens enjoy in other countries. 
though, from the deliberations we hear from them, well, that's been banished utterly. Free speech is not free. It must be within the constraints that the enemy of our nation's foundations are encroaching on. Our legislators and selected officials are self-complacent and flattered by hearing none but pleasant speeches amongst themselves, and their policy and your practice are already demonstrating our nation's greatest peril, democracy. Founded by the Greeks, but it didn't last more than 200 years. Why? Because of the ministry of truth. You're free to say what you want, as long as it's within the constraints. That's not freedom of speech. Many may be upset hearing all of this. And please feel free to turn this off if you don't wish to hear what is not flattering to your ears, but is for your advantage. Therefore, I shall speak it into existence. For though the state of our affairs is in every way deplorable, and though much of our values and lives have been sacrificed, nevertheless, it is possible if you choose to do your duty, that all may yet be repaired. And what I'm going to say may perhaps seem a paradox, but it's true. The worst feature of our nation's past is our best hope for the future. Well, what then is that feature? Is it that your affairs go wrong because you neglect every duty, great or small? Since surely, if they were in this plight in spite of your doing all that was required, there would uh, not even be a hope of improvement. But in fact, it is your indifference and carelessness that evil has conquered. Your nation has not been conquered yet, nor have you been defeated yet. You haven't even made a move yet. You think you have, but you also thought that there was a time of peace too. An empire is acquired by men who know their duty and have the courage to uphold it. A republic is acquired, maintained, and perpetuated by men who know their duty and are courageous enough to execute it. That is how you fix things. If we can all agree right now that the global order is at war with the United States and it is violating the peace. My statement to selected officials of states and Congress and the Senate, I say specifically to the speakers of the people, those that speak on behalf of those people, those that allege to represent us are our speakers. 
Well, the only task of a speaker would to come forward and recommend the safest and easiest method of defense. But so many of them, strangely, approach this in a very odd fashion. While the global order is seizing cities, plotting against our nation and retaining many of our nation's possessions, and inflicting injury on everybody in the world. You, the people, even tolerate those that represent us as speakers in a position of office that repeatedly assert in the House and Senate that the real aggressors are the people that you must be on your guard and build. And what, what do they do? What do the people in the House and the Senate do? You're the enemy. They build barricades. They have security and hold the people at bay when the power that they actually hold, arbitrary power, is drawn from the very people that they are claiming are the enemy. You hear nothing from them in regards to the destruction of Europe and Africa. Has the global order not robbed them of their free constitutions? Their sovereignty setting up treacheries in order to enslave them, not city by city, but nation by nation. Are not tyrannies already established in Europe, in Asia, and in Africa? Under their breath and with tone, explicitly claiming that they are at peace with those who are willing to obey them. Tyranny. Tyrants are at peace with you as long as you obey. You are not the enemy as long as you obey. For there is grave, grave danger that anyone who proposes and urges that we shall defend ourselves may incur the charge of having provoked the war. I therefore, first of all, state and define the question whether it is in our power to discuss the alternative of peace or war. If indeed the United States can come to peace, and if that choice rests with us to make that first point, I personally feel that we are bound to do so. And if anyone says that we can, I would like them, and I call upon them to actually move to a resolution. And do something and to not trick us or slight us. But if there's someone else that's concerned with a sword in their hand and a mighty force on its back and wind beneath their wings who imposes on you the name of peace but himself indulges in acts of war, what is left but to defend ourselves? If you choose to follow that example, 
and profess that you're at peace. Can I object, really? But if anyone mistakes peace, an arrangement which will enable the global order, when they have seized everything else to march upon us, it's obvious they do not speak for us, but for them. Imagine that while in the case of those who could have inflicted no harm, though they might perhaps have protected themselves against it, they prefer to deceive the people which is crushing them. With manufactured consent, of course. They have provided warning, warning of hostilities, especially when the people are so eager to be deceived. <laughs> you think that's impossible? Indeed, they would be the most fatuous people of earth when you, their victims, charge them with no crime but throw the blame on some of your own fellow citizens. They should compose your mutual differences and jealousies. They should create division amongst the people. And then they will invite you to turn against themselves and should deprive their own hirelings of the excuses with which they put you off, saying that at any rate, it's not global order who's making war on the USA, but it's the citizens of the USA. The global order is just trying to help. Ugh, in heaven's name, is there anyone intelligence out there, anyone with intelligence out there sitting in office right now who would let words rather than deeds decide the question, who is at peace and who is at war with the United States? Anyone? Surely no one, huh? Because those who have been accustomed to unjustly wage private warfare against the faithful, an actual war on religion, they have won many battles, but this war should have begun a long time ago. There have been many fighting against their brothers and relatives, and now they're fighting in a proper way against the global order. For a long time, the global order has been comprised of thieves, liars, rapists, robbers, pedophiles, hemivores, and now they are claimed and proclaimed to be modern-day royalty and knights and important. Our ancestors thought that they were bound to consider the welfare of all Americans. They thought of that, except on the assumption that it would be the case that bribery and corruption of our representation throughout our nation would occur. They chastise us and punish us when we detect that they are deceiving us, when we speak the truth. They went so far to set the offenders' names on a list at the Department of Homeland Security. PSYOP, S-I-O-P, 
It's not psychological warfare. S for Sam, I for India, O for Oscar, P for Papa. Not psychological warfare, but the actual planned, the end game, the actual script. The destruction of our world with nuclear energy. Every president knows this. Every single one. What is the actual threat that our nation poses to the world? That threat is called freedom. The natural result is that this great experiment is dreaded by the global order. Is it dreaded by the global order? Or is it that the threat of freedom is despised by the very leaders of our nation? Maybe both. Because as you can see, it's all about power. Those that opine to you on a daily basis, power. Those that seek your vote, power. Those that are in positions that rule you, power. All power. Loyalty of Congress is attached to the establishment because it's all about money. It has nothing to do with national security. It's all about money, money, power, power, money. You're a slave. Can you get it? Yes. Eisenhower warned. Well, you know, he was around when they created China, right? (laughs) He was like, oh no, we just effed it all up. That's what he said on his farewell speech about the military industrial complex. Every single president knows it. Single integrated operational plan, PSYOP. The end game, it's nukes. It's game over. Every president that has seen it, you should ask President Trump what his thoughts were on that. No matter how much a president loves its country, they can't change the script. It's a war plan. It's called, what do they call it? Preemptive strike, right? Not reactionary, preemptive strike, right? And why do you say preemptive when it comes to nuclear war? Where, well, if you're the first one that hits, you get to take out a primary target. Preemptive strike. You know, I've said this many times before, the global order, right? It's literally a civilian army. The military-industrial complex, literally a civilian army that tells the military what to do. If you're listening, everyone tells you who they are. I was part of that. Don't you get it? Money, power, nuke enterprises. Don't you get it? Let's think back to the era of Obama. Oh, I can make change, right? Didn't he say that he was going to shut Gitmo down? And everyone was like, oh, that's because, you know, the driver for Al-Qaeda was represented by John Roberts, and then you made him Supreme Court justice, and you're could he shut it down? No, he can't. President Trump said we need to get troops out of here, out of there. He wanted to pull out of Syria. What did he do? He ended up having a private company sitting in Syria, benefiting the oil for the Syrians, but we're making money too. Not much of a change, is it? Because they won't let you change. Preemptive strike. 
military-industrial complex also aided in creating Citizens United versus FEC. We can't have people coming in. But I'll tell you what, this isn't a task for someone, you know, that you think is important. This is a task for us, the people. It was you that your ancestors won this proud privilege and bequeathed it to you at great and manifold risk. But if every man sits idle, consulting his own pleasures and careful to avoid his own duty, not only will he find no one to do it for him, but I fear that those duties that we wish to shrink may all be forced upon us at once. These are my views and these are my proposals. And if they are carried out, I believe that even now we may retrieve our fortunes. If anyone has anything better to propose, then so be it. 2016 was one of the most missed opportunities. You guys saw. Enjoy the show? Well, in there we discuss how Tulsi Gabbard was not allowed to debate how they changed the rules on her. The Democrats had an opportunity in 2016 to end this with the whole Bernie deal. That, that was the role of Bernie Sanders, by the way. For those of you that don't like the old commie man, his role was literally that. To give the people the opportunity to overthrow the establishment, but nobody got it. And they didn't do it. They literally went in there and said, we don't care what the Democrats want, what our constituents want. We're putting Hillary up. They had the opportunity to change it. Then the GOP. The GOP could have said something, but they didn't. They knew that President Trump was an insider. He wasn't really an outsider. He was an insider. But he thought, I'll come in and then I'll take him out from within. Oh, but they saw him coming. I mean, the Democrats that stick together and fight together and scream together. Let them steal the nomination from Bernie. Seth Rich almost died for that. You get it? Well, he did. He did. Slipped. And no one fought. Everyone sat idly and watched it all happen. So Trump walks in as an insider and mops the floor with the Democrats and the Republicans. He takes them out because, you know, while everyone says that he was radical, no, he was speaking to the hearts of millions of Americans that wanted someone to literally stand on that stage and tell them that they understood their pain. And what happened was the establishment said he is an insider, so he will comply, but he did not comply. So the military-industrial complex that flanked him before and after his election and during his term tried to force him to bend the knee. He didn't, so they fought him every step of the way. 
I mean, Schumer would have worked with him, but like he said, why didn't he use the CIA? Because he didn't even use the CIA. President Trump did not have briefings from the brick-and-mortar CIA. He used private intelligence. I think that was a big mistake. And I'll say why. He could have used both. He could have used both because there were really good people within the CIA that would have brought it out by the book. But the MIC flanked him so hard that they made him take that decision, I guess, in a way. Yes, they're corrupt, but there are really good American-loving, God-fearing Americans that work in those posts. While many think that, oh, this is like, it's going to happen like this. Military-industrial complex, global order, assets, and real sleepers are still around President Trump. Now, while he's smarter now, in the sense that he could see them coming, and ever, you know, he was, he's, he's very smart. But these people are trained to lie. These people have manufactured backgrounds. These people can make charges go away in a heartbeat. 2016 was a missed opportunity by all Americans. I hope that we realize that. 2020 was a missed opportunity. You know, it's funny that the past couple weeks all they're talking about is the certifications of the machines. And then you have to wonder, why did you stick to the script for 2022 when I gave it to you in 2020? Think about it. It's going to be a really wild ride Thanksgiving doesn't feel like Thanksgiving. Gosh, everything is so crappy. Guys, how expensive are freaking turkeys? Hello? Our inflation is sick. You know, Phoebe and I, we, by the way, she's getting homeschooled. And those of you that can find online schools for your children might be beneficial if you can. COVID's coming back around very soon. And that's been codified by the CDC for children. So, and I'll tell you what, I have, I am hindered in regards to my health, but I have rarely been sick with infections that much. I mean, the minute I got over my ear infection, I get a sinus infection. It's not good. Thanksgiving, damn. You know, I've got a family of five. Do you know that my plastic plates were cheaper than food? The cheapest turkey that I could find was $1.69 a pound. Like, what the heck? Right? I'm like looking around to buy gifts 
for my children, they're all getting socks and pajamas. That, that That's what Santa has on there. You know, that's my budget. That's what they're getting. No fancy schmancies. Christmas is going to be weird this year. Christmas is going to be weird. Food's going to be weird. That's another one. You know what's really weird? I put a video on Rumble when I started this where, you know, you're not allowed to patent things like of nature. So you can't patent dirt, but you can patent dirt as long as you put like stuff in it. You can't patent water unless you put fluoride in it. So you can patent that. And the FDA is always going to tell you that everything's really bad for you from nature, that you need the genetically modified version, right? You know how that goes. I put this on because we're going to watch a big purge and you know, they're really silent our poor Amish are going to go through huge persecution in the next eight weeks. I am praying so hard for them. I am praying so hard for them. Because now that the food shortages are coming, they're going to be busy. So on that note, the struggle is real. We are winning fights that are long overdue. The Hunter Biden laptop is according to script. Like I told you, they need to get rid of freaking Joe. Okay. He almost got us into war with Russia. NATO already said, oh, we're going to spend more than 2%. You can't even afford the 2% because we're paying for everything. Our tax dollars are being spent like crazy at Ukraine. We can't even get a tax write off for it. Right? They're giving more money to them than we have. Where are they getting the money lent from? China. You see how that works? We don't have money. We're in debt to China. The debt clock goes up every single day. Now, China's agreements with the United States of America are null and void when the governments that have been in power signing those agreements are determined to be null and void, right? It's kind of like saying, oh, I have an agreement with you, Tori, and you're supposed to pay this loan. Wait, wait, no, hold on. I didn't sign that. Well, your representative did. My representative, I didn't appoint that representative. That representative usurped my, you know, position and made themselves a representative and I couldn't get rid of them. So your contract is null and void. You know, when I focused on Kiev Klobuchar, it was very important because you're going to see Minnesota coming into the picture when it comes to Ukraine soon. It's going to be quite interesting because it was Kiev Klobuchar. It was there. She was the one that embezzled $10 million from the U.S. Navy. But nah, I don't want to get into that right now. I want to end today's show with something that lets you understand how good things are going. Lots of people are stepping down uh, everywhere. Media matters. They're closing in on them. It's, it's almost game over. We have the gay rights case. And let me talk about this for a second. Amy, uh, Amy Comey Barrett is being demanded to step down from this. I want you guys to understand what this gay marriage thing is because I know a lot of people don't get it. <clears throat> the whole gay marriage thing was so blah the way it was done. And it was only done in order to have them to be secure on paper. And that was the premise of it, which is agreeable. It's not under God, right? It's not in a church. But the thing is, the way it was written, it forces people 
you know, that may not believe in gay marriage to, you know, or gay or, you know, whatever, or throubles or whatever to have to be forced to engage in it. And, um, they're, they're targeting that. And speaking of LGBTQ, do you know what else happened in Qatar? The soccer players that had like the, their pride armbands, they were told by Cutter, you can't freaking wear that. Yeah, you can't. And guess what? They all bent the knee to Cutter. Cutter was like, nope, you're not doing it. Let's pretend they did that shit in America. They'd be like, nope, nope, right. But look, look, Cutter was like, take it off. And they made them take off their pride armbands. Remember? Because they're Sharia and they throw people off the roof, Right. But they listened to them, right? The, the, the soccer players took it off, right? But in America, everyone needs to swallow it and digest it no matter what it is. And the thing is, um, I'm not homophobic. In fact, when I was younger, yeah, there were like no lines. I'm just saying. This is coming up at SCOTUS. And this is going to be what, see, it's so weird. First they do the Roe versus Wade, and now they're bringing up the gay marriage thing. It's almost as if they're gaslighting the left to instigate on the right. When we on the right don't give a shit if you want to get married to same-sex partner or three partners or 10 partners, just mind your business, right? This was done on paper, but... You can't force an imam to officiate a, uh, you know, gay marriage. It's against Muslim religion. Uh, I don't think Jews do it either. And, you know, actual like Christians don't either. So I think the tidying up here is the whole religious portion of it, not the actual fact of having it. Because remember, the marriage covenant on paper for the government is so that you can have rights. Look, if you choose to love someone of the same sex, you should be entitled to the same rights, pension, uh, tax, you know, all that stuff. Right. But they've muddled everything so much that people think it's like, Oh my God, it's homophobic. And it's like, no, it's saying that this is all for government stuff and gay people, you know, whatever people, you know, thruples, quadruples, whatever, they should have the same rights on paper as every other citizen. It should be equal opportunity, right, for everyone. But you're not going to force churches to do that. That's all. That is absolutely all. That is all. No more, no less. That's it. Also, on top of that, let's just remember that Connick that got caught red-handed handing over huh, voter data to China, well, the L.A. County DA's office just dropped the charges against him. But, you know, I digress, right? Now, I want to tell you something else. Remember that whole SCOTUS leak thing? Well, just so you know, Justice Alito, apparently, Supreme Court Justice Samuel Alito had leaked a 2014 ruling to a right-wing donor after the New York Times reported on the claim by a former leader of the pro-force pregnancy movement. What? So apparently a Christian, of course a Christian would tell, right, nonprofit organization, um, was led by this guy named Reverend Schneck. And that was in 2014. And that's when the court did the whole Hobby Lobby versus Burwell thing on religious organizations. Well, as the time spent, you know, um, 
time, like they were just kind of like investigating Schneck's claim, right? And he actually wrote a letter to Chief Justice John Roberts about it. Alito leaked the court's decision in the case to one of his top donors three weeks before the ruling was publicly announced. So Schneck actually used his knowledge of the ruling to prepare his whole PR thing. So let's take a think for a second. So Justice Alito in 2014 was caught leaking, but it was no big deal. There was no investigation and they were like, oh, whatever. And then you have to think, why would the Supreme Court justice have a top donor? Wait a minute. You could fundraise for a Supreme Court justice? I'm confused. Huh? So, apparently, there are demands that they start investigating Justice Alito now. And the question is, the story suggests that Justice Alito leaked the 2014 opinion in Hobby Lobby. Um, And Representative Jones, Mondaire Jones, right? He had said that, um, he actually tweeted out, today's well-sourced New York Times article strongly suggests Justice Alito leaked the 2014 opinion in Hobby Lobby and describes a conspiracy by the far-right donor class to influence Supreme Court justices. The House Judiciary Committee must investigate this while we still can. Hold on a second. Who leaked the, the Roe versus Wade? I think I mentioned it, but I told you that already. But, you know. I digress. Maybe you should look that up. But apparently they're going after, you know, Justice Alito. So Reverend Schneck, Shank, 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 keep saying Schneck, lots of um, consonants. Um, He was a whistleblower. He whistleblew and said it. So the Reverend told on him, told that there was a leak about this lobbying effort and knowing about it. Isn't that weird? Yeah, but nobody wants to talk about that, right? Nobody wants to talk about that. It's so freaking horrible. In other words, in, cor- in, in courts, I just wanted to say, apparently it is a crime to publicize a man's DUI with insult as part of a feud intended to shame and provoke. Now, basically, in Pennsylvania, Commonwealth versus Collins, Judge Collins... Judge James Garner Collins joined the presiding judge, Jack Pinella. He says that you cannot publish someone's DUI with insults. They concluded that Collins's actions here fall outside the Abbott protection of the First Amendment. The evidence of the trial was clear that Collins's poster and letters were not intended to advise the public of Hoffman's potentially dangerous driving as a result of his DUI conviction, nor did they contain an educational or symbolic message regarding the harm caused to society by drunk drivers. Instead, 
Collins's speech was simply intended to shame and provoke Hoffman and direct the ire of the public on him based on his status as an offender. Wait, hold on a second. Let me just rephrase that. In other words, if someone has committed a crime or has been adjudicated for something and you're telling the public, it's not because you want to inform them when you add insults to it. It means that you're actually trying to cause them harm as an offender or as someone that was convicted or someone that was found guilty or anything. So you're using it to cause them mental anguish. The judges actually said that. And that's not a First Amendment right. So if you're using it to cause them harm, well, that means that it's a breach of peace, it's disruptive, and it's considered harassment. Interesting, isn't it? Very interesting. The civil rights leaders are upset at Elon Musk. They're demanding, you know, things to be done. Also, just on that note, I saw Kanye when he, uh, you know, tweeted out Shalom. This Jewish guy comes back. He's like, don't say that. And he had like a Jewish star in his name. And it's like, dude, can I put a cross for a T and you'll let me be a Christian? Like, I don't understand why some people are more protected than others. This is very concerning. Aren't we supposed to be all equal? I don't see any laws saying that you can't talk about Christian persecution. We should start that trending. Really, we should. We should talk about all the Christians being slaughtered in Burkina Faso and call it a genocide. Call the Armenian genocide where they took out the Christians. Why aren't the Christians talking about it? Oh, that's right. Because you were told not to. And this is just what people do. They don't do anything. They talk about a few things, right? They only talk about things that, well they're told is important to listen to. I see. I see. I see. I see. Well, they don't care about us. They really don't. They don't care about us. And that's fact. Now, uh, on that note, I'm going to have to let you go YouTube because I want to play a video and I don't want to get hit. So sayonara. I'll see you tomorrow. Uh, for those of you on Rumble, I want to wish you guys a fantastic evening. I will see you tomorrow heading off to the doctor and to run to go get some stuff like potatoes because the super two supermarkets were out of potatoes. Like, how does that even happen? How are you out of potatoes? I hope today puts some perspective on what's actually news. And hopefully you can see why they are telling us now and they didn't tell us then. More to come on that. God bless everyone. Skinhead, deadhead, everybody gone bad Situation, aggravation, everybody allegation In the suit, on the nose, everybody dog food